Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the installment of the Diardo Show. My name is Brian Diardo. Brian Rose is going to be joining us here in just a moment. Um, lots to discuss today. Uh, Penguins, Game 7. They had a three games to one lead in their Eastern Conference semi matchup uh, against Washington Capitals. Washington is now uh, sieged momentum. They have uh, won the last two games. Pivotal, pivotal Game 7 in Washington tomorrow. Cavalier talk. LeBron James. Uh, playing at an ungodly level, um, evoking memories of MJ. And that's honestly been the, the hot-button topic in sports uh, this week. Is LeBron already better than MJ? And can he at least be in that conversation? And with that, we welcome Brian, the second Brian here. How you doing tonight, buddy? And uh, I'm pumped for this podcast. It should be a good one tonight. Yeah, yes. I, I'm I'm feeling good, excited. Uh yeah, just ready to uh, ready to get it going here. Uh, I, I know we got some great topics to discuss tonight, and uh, should be a lot of fun. Uh, you know, we always begin our uh, show now with the Diardo diatribe or the Rosen's rant. Um, so, what do you what do you got for me? You got any got anything, or do you want me to go? This is how much preparation we put into this show. Uh, we haven't discussed if either of us have anything or don't have anything. But if you got something, go. Otherwise, I can go first and kill some time. <laughs> no, it's all good. I've got something. I've got something. You know, my my thing. Um, I think exists. I was watching this last night with the with the Penguin game. I think the NHL needs to start changing how how things are run. Um, you know, you've got Sidney Crosby, the league's best player. I mean, he he's the LeBron James of the NHL for all intents and purposes. And he, uh, you know, he had a concussion the other night on a questionable play last week, I guess now. And, you know, last night he's, he's banging around and pretty much fighting on the ice with another player. And I think it's time for the NHL to get out of the dark ages and they need to start policing the game more. I mean, it's, it's, it's kind of, I mean, yes, I love the physicality of the NHL playoffs. I love how it's incredibly high stakes. It's incredibly intense to watch when your team's in it, all of those things. But I think they need to tone down on the hitting. I mean, it, it does take away from the game, and it's kind of become like football where the NHL's just pretty much become which team's healthiest. And I understand that's kind of sports at all levels. Look back at the Cavs in 15, but I don't know. In general, that's my rant, is that the NHL, they got to start cleaning up their, their product because there's just there's too many unnecessary hits that are going without penalty. I mean, you can be right up against the glass, and a player not even trying to get the puck will just hit you for no – not even making a play on the puck – and it's not a penalty. I don't understand that. So, in my opinion, those things can be cleaned up. I don't want to, quote-unquote, wussify the sport, but I do think it's time for the, the game to get out of the dark ages a little bit and start, you know, policing it more and protecting uh, their assets better. So, that's my diatribe. What's your rumbling? All right. All right. So, for me, you know, it's interesting. I am a big Howard Stern fan. I love that show. It's the best. He's the best. The show's incredible. And I was listening uh, this this morning. It might, honestly, you know, it might actually might have been yesterday's show because with the Sirius XM app, you can listen to you know previous shows. And Howard actually opened up with this topic, which I thought was really shocking because he doesn't talk sports a lot. Um, but he was talking about Matt Harvey. For those that don't know, Matt Harvey, the uh, the Dark Knight, some call him, the starting pitcher for the New York Mets, uh, showed up late to a game. Um, and was suspended and missed a start because of it, uh, suspended by the team. So, you know, my, my thing here is it's disrespectful, certainly, to the game. Like, do it, like paid all this money. Show up for your freaking job. Like, it's ridiculous. Like, I don't understand that. But my bigger beef is that this guy is, is like, popular and hype. And my question is, what has he accomplished? Like, what has the guy actually accomplished? In my opinion – he is the third best pitcher on his own team. Nobody would dispute that Noah Syndergaard isn't better than him. And Jacob deGrom has been much more successful than he has been. So I look at Matt Harvey and I'm like, he's got, you know, the personality. He, he was very good when he first came up. You know, that, it's all well and good, but I'm like, why is this guy so hyped? Like, what, what the hell? It, it doesn't make any sense to me at all. I don't get it. Don't get it in the least. It's it's very strange, but I don't know. That's so that's my that's my Rosen's rant. 
Matt Harvey, show up for work, and, and everyone else, just get off the guy. Like, why, get off his nuts. He's not that good. And he's had, he's had a horrible season this year. There's even talk about him going to the minors. I don't see that happening. But the fact that it's even a discussion tells you how much he's struggling. So with that, my rant is done. Um, I know that uh, I have going to have someone calling in, a self-proclaimed hockey expert who is also a fan of the Washington Capitals. And, of course, my co-host, Brian Diardo, is a fan of the Pittsburgh Penguins. So I'm really looking forward to just sort of sitting back, relax, making some popcorn and letting you guys go at it, talking about the series. Um, so I'm excited about that. You should be calling in here pretty soon. Uh, but for, for now, I guess let, let's start. Let's talk some Cavs, Brian, and uh, an NBA, and then when he calls in, we can shift and talk a little hockey and bounce around a little bit. Um, I got to give you credit. You never wavered for one second. I did. Yes, I, I came on this podcast so I get a, a cheap Wahoo tattoo if the Indians, I'm sorry, if the Cavaliers don't make the NBA Finals, obviously I'm going to stand by that, but I'm no longer worried. I was worried for a minute. I told myself not to be, and I still did. Even after what happened last season, I still got worried. I bought in, so I give you credit for uh, for hanging in there with, with these, these Cavaliers, Brian. First of all, um, I'm going to get a, a – uh a uh, Golden State uh, fan to call in when the Cavs play in the finals, and then you'll know how I feel right now. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'd probably be more excited for your friend if Pittsburgh just hadn't blown a 3-1 lead. But regardless, it'll be fun to talk to him. But, no, man, I never wavered just because it's LeBron James. And I even remember when, like, ESPN was talking about how, like, you know, this is the worst – they would be the worst defensive team to ever win a championship statistically. It's like, well, LeBron James is the first person to come back from a 3-1 deficit. He's the first superstar – to lead two different teams to an NBA championship uh, outside of Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, who did that like 15 freaking years apart. LeBron did it a couple of years apart. Like, that's what LeBron does, man. He makes history. And the thing is, I mean, like we've said a million times in this podcast, you're probably tired of me saying it if you've listened, um, you can only convince people that things matter that don't matter for so long. And at the end of the season, Cleveland got bored. They were waiting for the playoffs to start. And honestly, at I mean, when they conceded the number two seed, that's all that that has to tell you. And near the end of the regular season, for anybody that still had any doubt, when they blew out Boston near the end of the season in Boston and LeBron pretty much shrugged off that it was a big game, uh, I think fans at that point should have known that, hey, there's nothing to worry about. And, you know, J.R. Smith is back. I don't think anybody predicted how well this bench would play. I mean, Kyle Korver was – I mean, honestly, he's the signing uh, of the season, not the offseason, because obviously Durant last year, that was the signing. But what other free agent has made a bigger impact on their team, you know, this season in a trade or an acquisition or whatnot, as Corver? He's been unbelievable. And, you know, you're, you're seeing, and, and they talked about it on, on some of these games, that when, when they, you know, uh, Cleveland acquired him, LeBron would watch film of how he likes his passes. And Corver even said the other day, he's like, you know, when I was at Atlanta, I would be standing there, like, wondering when I'm going to get my shot, when I'm going to get my chance. Like, with LeBron, you don't have to guess. You know. You just have a feeling when you play with him. He knows where your sweet spots are, and when you get to it, he gets you the ball, and he gives it to you the way that you want it. It's like, but that's LeBron James. That's, that's the little minute things that now has you know, begun the conversation. Is he the greatest player ever, and can we start talking about him with Jordan? So, um, which we will do on a future podcast. We might play, we might flirt with that conversation a little bit today. Uh, but, you know, it's amazing, man. It's amazing. Uh, LeBron's dominance. Um, how bad they dominated um, Toronto to the point now where Kyle Lowry is going to exercise his option and become a free agent. So it's like, you know, it's, it, it's exactly, you know, the quotes they said after game four, it's exactly what uh, the Pacers said when the Heat beat them again in 14. We just can't beat these guys. But, Brian, I got to ask you, man, like, is this the height of Cavs fans? Like, defending champions, you're 8-0 right now in the playoffs, and, again, I know you hate the Levitar show. They said it today. Like, this is what everybody's – like, people now are just waiting for Cavs-Golden State and, like, to decide, like, the greatest team of this era. Like, how sweet is that, man? Like, I mean, is this, is this the best or what? Well, let me first of all say, just, to, just to, for those that are listening, if you want to, want to jump on, join the conversation with Brian and Brian, 619-924-9828. That is 619-924-9828. 
Yeah, uh, it's uh, yeah, it's the best. It is the best era in Cavs history. It's a very, very special era in in Cleveland sports. When you couple in what's going on with the Indians and how great they've been, uh, I even have a little bit of hope with the Browns. But whatever, we'll focus on on, on the two teams that you know are, are championship contenders. Um, it's it, it, it's unbelievable. It's so special. It's so fun. You know, I'll admit it's a little hard to be away to not be in Cleveland for it because things are going so great, but, you know, I, was, I got to be there for last year. I'm enjoying it from afar, and, you know, I, I think it's a good thing for the NBA, and, and this is probably a good topic for us to discuss, because uh, like myself, but even to, a, to, a, to a, a greater extent, you know a lot about NBA history, especially from the 80s on, and, you know, I think it's great for the NBA to have a rivalry like this. I mean, the quality of basketball between the Warriors and the Cavs. I mean, yeah, you had a lot of blowouts. That's true. But Game 7 was one of the best games of all time. Just the, the idea of just these two teams going at it, and the, the script is incredible. I mean, this is it, number three. Uh, the winner of this, of this NBA Finals will be you know, deemed the better team, at least until the, the next matchup. Um, it's, it's really exciting. You know, I, I'm sure – Magic appreciates that he's got Larry one more time. I mean, it, it's 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 amazing, and this 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 rivalry. I mean, there's no you know no love loss. You know, I, it's I respect them, but by the same token, I really hate them so much that it's almost hard to. But it's 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 incredible. It's a very it's a very special time. So I don't know. What do you think about the you know good for the NBA, bad for them? I'm thinking. Knowing you as well as I do, that you're going to probably say, like I do, it's good for the NBA. But what are your thoughts? It's good for the NBA. It's just like it was in the 80s. It's great for the, it's great for the NBA, not great for the small markets that aren't going to be winning. But I always used to think that, but then sometimes I bite my tongue. Because I, I used to think in the 90s, for example, man, you know, that was a bad year for the Knicks. Or that was a bad year for the Pacers, and then I think about or the Jazz, whatever. But then I think, and then I think about the '80s. You know, there were a lot of good teams that didn't win any titles in the '80s, and you think, I mean, San Antonio was actually good quite a bit in the '80s, and, and the Jazz, and, and whatnot. Um, they didn't win any titles because the Lakers and um, Celtics played in eight of. They played in every finals that decade, not against each other, obviously, but they were part. It was not a single finals played in the '80s didn't have one of those two teams. And they faced each other three times. They won eight of the ten championships. So that just shows you how unbelievable it was. But at the same time, I mean, like this Pacers team. I mean, and even I even hear the the, the great, you know, the, the the Pacers teams from the '90s. They talk about how, you know, they were part of history because they faced Michael and the Bulls. And you know, you always hear, you know, uh, and I think Toronto fans will feel the same way. Like, you know, we were a part of that history. Unfortunately, we were like a a small part in that chapter. We weren't the ultimate chapter. So sometimes I even wonder if it's not even an awful thing for the small market teams. Because in all honesty, like, I mean, I'm watching Houston, San Antonio right now. I, th- I think honestly, both were broadcasting this on a, on a Tuesday night, but uh, I think most people know that neither of these two teams are probably going to win the championship. That, that isn't taking away from the excitement of this series. And I think that honestly heightens this series. I think if Houston wins this series, that's almost like an NBA championship for them. I mean, James Harden getting to the finals for the second time in three years as as the man, I think that legit that that legitimizes his career to a point. I think the NBA is honestly one of those sports where, you know, making a conference finals is an, is a big achievement. And you know, I when you look at Allen Iverson, no one holds it against him that he didn't win an NBA finals because he never played on a great team and he got them to a finals and won a game against the mighty Laker team that 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 was their only postseason loss. So, you know, to answer your question, I don't know if there's really any bad in this, except for the fact that there's a few small market teams that won't win championships during this era, you know. But, again, do you think that's bothering Washington fans right now? Do you think that's bothering Boston fans right now? San Antonio fans? Houston fans? No. No. And it didn't – and LeBron being dominant and, and um, the Warriors being dominant, that didn't stop Pacer fans from going to the games. That didn't stop, you know – other sports, you know, New Orleans fans from going to games, it didn't stop anything. And I think star power is what the NBA is all about. And you've got, you've got the greatest rivalry in three decades. The Bulls didn't have one. I mean, they had the, the Pistons, but that was, 
I mean, but they were never really great. They only, there was only like one year where it was an, it was like or two years where it was a legitimate thing, and then you know then you know Chicago dominated them. Uh, you know the the two thousands Lakers didn't have a true rival. Spurs never really had a true rival in the finals. So I mean, this is the best. I mean, this is probably Brian like easily already the third best di- rivalry if if they if, if and when they face off in a few weeks. It's it's the third greatest dynasty rivalry in NBA history, and you could argue that it's number two. I, I think the Lakers Celtics. It depends. Who knows? Who knows? You, you, the end of this, you could say it's better than Lakers Celtics, but for my money, '80s Lakers Celtics is still number one. I would I would even put this one though already ahead of the '60s Lakers Celtics because the Lakers didn't win any of them. Cleveland already has one. Uh, Golden State already has one. So I would already say this is number two with a chance to be number one. We'll just have to see what plays out in the finals, but. I don't know. My long-winded answer, Brian, it's good for the NBA. Yeah, I mean, I, I think it, the overall history, because the 90s, or not so much the 90s, but I mean a couple of, what? Did the Lakers and Celtics play once or twice in the finals in, in the 2000s? In the 80s? Or like 2000. Oh, no, they, the uh, you know what? They, 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 they play twice. The they play two out of three years. I forgot about that. That's what I thought, yeah. Yeah, so, I mean, I, I, I look, historically within the NBA, I think that you know that's the best rivalry, but yeah, this, this is insane. This is uh, this is from a, a competitiveness standpoint is is is, is incredible. It's uh, it's absolutely nuts, man. <laughs> some some good stuff, good stuff overall. Um, getting to the the postseason, so or get, getting to a couple other things. So let's talk from the from the Cavaliers' premise, Brian. You know, so with the Cavs' mm-hmm. perspective. Do you root for Houston, or do you root for San Antonio to come out? Who do you prefer? To give the Warriors the biggest challenge, and, and let me say this, I will say this too, I don't think either team get, even takes it to six. I don't. I really don't. I hope so. I don't think either team takes to six. But I'm hoping that the Warriors at least lose one game. So what do you think? Houston – or, or San Antonio? Who was a Cavs fan? Do you want to see Golden State play so they have to sweat a little bit? Honestly, uh, this is tough, man. This is tough. Honestly, I, I actually went back and forth while you were asking me that question, like while you were discussing the question. I would say San Antonio for this reason, and it's that I think Pop could – you know what, man? I don't know. I mean – Honestly, maybe even Houston, because I can't do that. No, I have to. I have to go San Antonio. I almost said Houston because maybe lightning strikes, because no one expects them to win. But you never know. Maybe Harden just goes crazy. They can't stop him from scoring. Maybe Beverly just has this amazing series. You know, he. You know, he's playing for his grandfather who just passed away. Like all these things, and they do have Trevor Ariza, who's a very good veteran defender. Uh, but they have absolutely no inside game. Now, the Spurs have inside game. They've got Aldridge and Gasol. Gasol, obviously, way past his prime, but still a very good player. They've got Kawhi Leonard, who was like a Dark Horse MVP candidate all year long. They don't have Parker, so, you know, that just really, really hurts them. Ginobili, honestly, I think I think his demise is overrated. He's still a very good three-point shooter. He still logs big minutes. Um, you know, I would say – and Patty Mills doesn't do a bad job at point guard. I mean, he's he's pretty much like now, like, he's their point guard. He's their starting point guard. I – listen, I, I think, honestly, the Rockets have a better chance to pull off the upset because, again, lightning could just strike. You know, I, Golden State doesn't have as much experience against them, and they'll, they might play with nothing to lose. But with that being said, I think the Rockets getting past San Antonio might just be so excited – and that already is an achievement in the back of their minds. Like nobody on earth would expect them to be Golden State. And I think from that standpoint, that might be even in the back of Houston's minds. Like you know what? Even if we win a few games, like it, that's a thing. And I think they might even give up after a win or two if they can get to a second win or even one win. I think if you're a Cavs fan, you want San Antonio because they're going to wear out. Or they'll do. They'll, they'll give. The Golden State more of a workout in terms of mental fatigue, mental stress, because you know that in, in San Antonio, no season is looked at as a success unless you win a championship. 
yes, they'll be relieved and happy that they beat uh, Houston, but that will end the minute that they step onto the floor, the minute they start preparing for Golden State. So uh, not as easy as I thought, Brian. But with that being said, I- I'm going to go with the Spurs for those reasons. And the fact they do have great players, and if they can slow down the game and force some turnovers, they have the inside beef they could deal with, uh, you know, whatever that uh, Golden State throws at them with Draymond Green inside. Yeah, you know what? It, it, first of all, let me say this. I actually disagree with you on Ginobili. I think Ginobili is complete crap at this point. Okay, um, okay. I, 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 yeah. <laughs> I, I, he had a great career. Shot, I, 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 I find respect for him. Right. I, I don't know. I, I, I got a ton of respect for him. It is what it is. But I – you know what's funny is that I would be afraid of playing the Spurs in the finals. Obviously, it feels funny to say I'd rather play the Warriors than anybody. You know, that seems pretty silly, so I'm not going to quite go there. But there's a small part of me that does feel that way. Not going to lie. small part of me that, you know, is so scared of pop and, and their bigs. I mean, that's where the Cavs could have issues is, is you know, the, the you know, LaMarcus Aldridge could be a top stop and then, you have him and Powell at the same time, I don't know how you match up with that defensively. So, I, from that perspective, i kind of rather be, be Houston. Um, I also think that even though the Spurs did dominated, you know, in the regular season over the Warriors, I just think, yeah, I think the, I think that the Rockets match up better. I agree. Harden's capable of going off. There, there, there's enough weapons on that team. You know, Beverly, uh, Ryan Anderson I'm a big fan of. Uh, you know, you obviously – you know, Harden. Um, so there, there, there's some good talent there. I, I don't know. I, I kind of like the idea of, especially with that Mike D'Antoni style, which I don't think was going to win you a championship, but I think that that could make things harder on them. And I think they, they'd have a better chance of going, extending the series to I six. I'd be thrilled if Golden State had to go six. There's no way in the world, as far as I can see, that, that they're going to get pushed and go seven again. This is not going to happen. There is no thunder this year. There's no team that is, is is close enough to the level of the Golden State Warriors, in my mind, to, to get it moving at all, uh, to really get the, get the needle moving. So, I don't know. It, it, it's going to be going to be fascinating to see to see what happens there. Um, I, I guess then you know we should switch to probably should have started with the Eastern Conference, right? So same kind of question. Boston or Washington, I'll, I'll give my answer first. And I don't care about home court advantage at all. Uh, selfishly, I'll admit I'm going home to Cleveland and I might get to go to a playoff game if the Cavaliers uh, end up – if Boston wins in six or if the Wizards win in any amount of time, I might get to go to a playoff game and I might not if the Wizards series – Wizards-Boston goes seven. Not that anybody really cares and you shouldn't care, but whatever. Selfishly, that, that's what's on my mind. Um, but – I, I would much rather play the Celtics. I just think Isaiah Thomas, as scary as Isaiah Thomas is, I, I don't worry about the rest of that team. Jay Crowder is, is, is nothing. We're not enough to worry about him whatsoever. I like Avery Bradley. He'll do some things fine. Whatever. Not a big deal. Al Horford is just a serial loser. I mean, he really is. The guy is, is so overrated. He's gotten so much money in his career to not help his teams really get over any kind of real hump. That guy just does, you know, whatever. Screw. Plus, he was on the Florida team, so screw Al Horford. Uh, they just don't scare me. But the, that John Wall, Bradley Beal, and, and Otto Porter trio, the first two specifically, but Otto Porter's playing tremendous. And and they've got, you know, decent bigs. Gortat, um, Markeith Morris. I mean, they're – so I, I think that just because of just the ability that Wall brings and that combination and, and, and really that trio, I just don't think that you have that, that – you have one guy that really – is the main spark plug on Boston, whereas you could get something, you could have Beal or Wall, you know, help to win you a game. So that's my feeling. I, I, I'm, I'm kind of hoping selfishly that Boston wins the next two so I can <laughs> go to a playoff game. Um, but, over, I mean, yeah, whatever happens, I'm, I'm all for uh, – I don't need home court advantage. I don't think it's going to be an issue. I, I would rather not have home court and play Boston. What, what, what say you? Um, well, first of all, Kawhi Leonard's not on the floor right now in overtime. Maybe he fouled out or something, but regardless, crazy game going on right now. Overtime, 
Houston, San Antonio. Houston can't make a bucket. Neither team has made a bucket in forever. I would. I think both these series are going seven. By the way, I think. I think Houston, San Antonio is going seven, and I think that Boston and Washington they're also going to go seven. I agree with you. I want. I want Boston. I want. I, I want Boston because of the reason that you said. I mean, you look at John Wall, and they're going to make it a track meet, and. You know they're going to give Cleveland everything they can, and he, and obviously none of neither person. It's like Golden State. Do either of us really think that that San Antonio or Houston can really beat them? No. It's who's going to give them a more of a workout. It's who's going to put them in worse condition, uh, worse for wear when they get to the finals. And when you look at Cleveland, you know they'll beat the Wizards, but they'll be running <laughs> when they beat them, and they'll probably be more tired and. Honestly, I feel like if any team was going to beat Cleveland at, on the road, it, or at home rather, I guess, it would be Washington. Their fans would be into it. You know, Wall plays really well at home. And, you know, they actually had played a great regular season game there when LeBron hit that crazy shot off the glass um, by the sideline uh, during the regular season. It was a phenomenal game. But regardless, like, yeah, I mean, LeBron will get his points. You know, it'll be a really entertaining series. You ask which series be more entertaining, Cleveland-Washington. Like, if you actually want to watch a good series, and that's what the fans, I think, in the Eastern Conference are pulling for. Like, you want to see John Wall uh, and LeBron go after each other and, and Kyrie and everything. That would be a really fun series. But if you want, uh, you know, what's going to be easier for them, with no disrespect to Boston, well, I guess it is disrespectful. <laughs> you know, I would say I would say Boston um, is the one you want to play because Cleveland showed it near the end of the, end of the regular season. They're just a better team, and, uh, and Boston's going to be exhausted. They haven't made it this far in a long time. This nucleus has never made it this far, like this nucleus of Celtics. I know they you know, they went to the conference finals in 2012, but like that was the Garnett and Pierce, you know, Ray Allen team. So I, I think, you know, on, on the, you know, to kind of recap this, this part, Brian, you know, on the West, uh, you want to see San Antonio advance, and on the East, you want to see – uh, the Cavs play Boston. I never like doing this because then, you know, it, it could be a tough series with Boston. Who knows? But personally, I think we both uh, would like to see Boston. Well, I, you know, it, it's kind of funny, the idea of with the podcast that most people are going to be listening to later to be talking about something that's going on live, uh, though we do have listeners live, and we appreciate it. And you can join in, 619-924-9828. That's 619-924-9828. Uh, but I did see that Kawhi Leonard injured his ankle. So, yeah. you know, we'll find out here in a minute uh, who wins this game, assuming it's going to end up being Houston. But let's be real here, even if San Antonio somehow wins, if this injury is, is anything that's going to legitimately hamper Kawhi Leonard, then it's done. Since <laughs> then the series is over, it doesn't matter. Uh, Kawhi Leonard, the, the, he's an incredible talent, incredible player. He's the best player they have. So there's that, that's, an easy, that's an easy call. So uh, I do want to shift to hockey. We talked a little about the Wizards. We'll shift. We've got the Washington Capitals and, and your Pittsburgh Penguins. Uh, and, again, what a great series, you know, very fun. Um, it, it's fascinating. You know, the angle that I want to kind of get your perspective from is, you know, we've talked a lot, and I know you were very upset with, you know, when Crosby got hurt, thinking Crosby might be out for the whole playoffs. And, and who knows, but it's a fascinating series where, you know, you'd have to figure, right, most Capitals fans thought it was over when it was 3-1. Thought there was no chance that the Capitals were going to come back and win against the team that dominates them, typically. Um, so you had to have figured that that wasn't happening. And now, all of a sudden, it's 3-3, Game sevens in, in D.C. on Wednesday night. And we got, I mean, now the Capitals have all the momentum. And with Crosby being kind of banged up, and with just the way in which Washington defeated uh, your Penguins, Brian, I mean, what's your mindset right now? How, how are you feeling? How are you, I, I, you know, I, 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 do you feel, I mean, are you, are you still confident in your guys? I mean, certainly they, they were able to win a couple on the road. Um, they can do it. It's not like they're not capable of doing it, but how do you feel? You know what, man? It's weird. I'm going to go and watch – tomorrow night, honestly, the way I felt going into game five, uh, Cavaliers, uh, Golden State last year, honestly, that's how I feel. I remember telling Sarah, my fiance, let's just turn on the TV, let's just turn on the TV, let's just watch until it gets bad. 
and hopefully it doesn't, and hopefully the Cavs can pull something off. And they did. And but but you know I didn't have any expectation. It was like we're just gonna watch it and see what happens. And we're gonna and if this is the end, let's just enjoy the the run the Cavs gave us this year. And that's how I feel with the Penguins right now. Let's just enjoy the ride. Let's enjoy the ride they've given us. You know this team. Uh, one, you know, they had a cut. You know, they had a first round exit in '15. Then got past, the, you know, they got past the first round just once since 2009 when they won the cup. That was in '13, and they were swept by Boston <laughs> in that conference finals. So really, you know, the last two years, the ride this Penguins team has given us has been amazing. Um, I know people in Pittsburgh don't, you know, put any stock into into the five game win over Columbus, but I do because Columbus I know is a good team. Albeit, yeah, they were slipping near the end of the year. They were still the fourth best team in the NBA on the NHL this season. So, you know, that was asking Pittsburgh to do a lot. They, you know, coming after winning the cup last year, you lose maybe the best defenseman in the NHL in Latang for the season, in the regular season. And now you're going to face in the first two rounds, you know, the two, you know, the other two top teams in your conference that were in your division that you faced during the year, uh, you know, and, and, you know, two of the top four teams in the league record-wise. That's so much to ask. And, the back-to-back President's Cup recipients in in Washington. So with that all being said, um, and actually your friend, the Washington, uh, your Washington Capitals friend's calling in now, so we'll get to him in a moment, and him and I, this, this is the perfect segue. But, I mean, Washington, and, and if your friend wants to chime in here after, after, after I finish my point, he can, for sure. Um, Washington has outplayed Pittsburgh in this series. I, I know there was one game early where the Penguins won going away, but you know, game four that the Penguins won, it was it was because of Mark Andre Fleury. You know, Washington, you know, they won a, a tight game uh, that Pittsburgh was leading most of the way in game five, and then they dominated game six. I mean, I know Pittsburgh scored a couple of goals late to make it close last night, but no, I mean, Washington's been the better team in this series, especially obviously the last two games, and you know, Penguins just can't expect Fleury to bail them out, and they just they look exhausted to me. Uh, they look bent. You know, as fast and as quick as they looked against Pittsburgh, or I'm sorry, Columbus, uh, Pittsburgh's gassed. I mean, they're, I mean, they were hanging on the other night, and three games in a row they've been really outplayed. And it, it's it's weird because, you know, Tampa Bay beat them a few times in the conference finals last year, but there was never a three-game stretch where I was like, man, Pittsburgh's just getting outplayed. And I only think they got outplayed once in the six finals games last year against San Jose, and that was game five when San Jose, you know, held off elimination by a game. So so to answer your question, Brian, and then let's get to your friend on this note, um, I'm just going to go ahead and watch the game tomorrow. <laughs> no expectations. And I want to appreciate if this is, you know, the end of, of this two-year odyssey with this Penguins team. But but uh, we've got a Capitals fan on the line. Uh, please let us know your name and, and, and what are your thoughts on tomorrow night's game. Yeah, hey, guys, this is uh, Dane calling in. Um, I actually totally agree with what you said about the Penguins, uh, they were an incredibly well-put-together team. Unfortunately for them, making a very, very deep run and uh, playing San Jose and then trying to come right back. You know, you only get three months in the offseason if you make the Stanley Cup, um, which is why it's so hard for, you know, in this era, people, I, if you can't ride a goaltender the whole way, like, like the teams used to do, like with Waugh and Brodeur and then Hoshik, if you can't keep doing that over and over again, it's, it's almost impossible to win back-to-back Stanley Cups. Nobody's done it since the Red Wings in 97-98. So um, that's, I think you're spot on with that. And I think actually giving a little credit to the Blue Jackets, um, as much as uh, Torts is, uh, did not do a very good job uh, as getting, uh, getting the Blue Jackets past the Penguins, he did rough them up enough to where they are, I mean, the wheels are falling off at this point, and you're seeing that a little bit. But um, something you guys might not have seen quite yet, uh, I think um, the Penguins are going to look to rough up the Caps a little bit. You saw that a little bit last game with uh, Kuznetsov. They were really trying to get under his skin a lot and trying to get him to draw penalties. You saw a lot going on between him and um, Hornquist. And I think Phil Sacito is at least uh, questionable to play, which – is sending the signal either they're playing mind games, trying to freak out some of the European skill players, or uh, or they really are trying to send a message and take uh, take the tone of the game 
in their hands uh, starting the first period. You might see if Phil Cicito is on the ice in one of the first few shifts, you're going to see a pretty nasty brawl. He, uh, he's going to lay into somebody like Wilson pretty badly. Well, that's a good point that you made, Dana. And, and honestly, you know, my thought is this. I, I think I think this series, from a physicality standpoint, like I don't want to say it's gone too far, but it, 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 it was difficult to watch last night, especially seeing Sydney going into the board. Obviously, it was no dirty play of Washington. It, it, it was just, you know, it's a hockey play. But um, do you think, I personally think the NHL needs to do a better job policing the physicality. Like, yes, I do love the intensity of the NHL I'm, final. I'm, Brian, I'm going to hop in amazing. here. I'm going I'm to hop in here. I'm going to disagree with you on that. I think actually the problem, what you're seeing manifest itself in the last, in the last few years in the NHL, is that the NHL has tried to step in and they've tried to police physicality, and they've gotten goons out of the game, which, you know, soccer moms of America are very, very happy. But in reality, plays like – I mean, we can disagree on whether the Niskanen cross-check was purposeful or not. doesn't really matter. If that had happened 20 years ago, Niskanen would have missed the rest of the series because he would have been pummeled. I mean, you look at even in the 90 – I'm sorry, the 95 playoffs – um, after that Chris Draper hit, and McCarty just absolutely pummeled Lemieux. Uh, that, the, the way that the NHL has changed, it's, it's a little bit hard to explain um, to people who are post-lockout hockey fans, but it, it's these little chippy plays that, oh, maybe that was accidental, maybe that wasn't. You would never even have that come to be. Um, and I think the NHL is, you know, nervous – about uh, concussions and CTE and very fair, understood. But they're trying to police fighting out of the game, and you're going to get more of these cheap shots. You're going to get more of these kind of faux tough guys like Tom Wilson who were, you know, they fight, but, you know, 20 years ago that guy would have been washed out of the league immediately. Well, that's a good point. But hey, I, let, I let, me, let, me, let me ask you this. Um, let me ask you this. So do you think that, you know, this is probably not even a good question, but I'm going to try. I'm going to try to try to ask a question. Do you think, and we can go to, go, to, go to Dane on this, that the fact that they don't seem to be, correct me if I'm wrong, really allowing fighting in the playoffs, or if they are, it's very minimal. I mean, does that add to the chippiness at all, the fact that there isn't really as much of, uh, you know, that they're kind of breaking things up pretty quickly? Yes, they are breaking things up very quickly. That's a really good point. They do, that, that's pretty common for the playoffs, though and players aren't really going out on a shift looking to drop the gloves. Just because any sort of instigation penalty, um, you're really, really uh, putting your team in a bad spot in very critical minutes. So there, there's less fighting in general in the playoffs. That's how it's always been. But um, I, think, I think this year I have noticed you are right. They really jump in pretty quickly instead of letting people get the frustration out. And then you're seeing these just hacking – and whacking all the way down the ice, and that ends up being injuries. I mean, that, that's what happens. So, yeah, I'm going to agree with you there, Brian. I, I don't know if there's a solution on the NHL then. Unfortunately, they're facing a lot of pressure and seeing what's happened with the NFL with concussions and seeing guys like Derek Bugard, you know, end up really facing ultimately a pretty nasty fate. Um, it, there's, there's just too much public pressure. But I think you're going to see more injuries rise. And it's going to happen to skill players more and more often because the repercussions just aren't there. They're getting treated just like every other player, but they're a high-value target. It's a lot of good points. Yeah, I, yeah. I still just I, I, I still feel like in the year 2017, there's a way a way to police these things. Like I agree with you. Like they are like 20 years ago. Yeah, there may have been stiffer things, but like not policing. I don't know if is. Is is you know a better alternative? Like again, like I, I do think they have done a better job. I mean, like honestly, like Crosby was was fine last year. You made it all the way through. Um, so some of it is just freak. It, it just happens, like you said. And my thoughts on the Niskanen hit, to be honest with you, I, I don't think it was. Obviously, it wasn't freaking premeditated. And Ovechkin was just trying to stop a goal because they were desperate. So you know, honestly, all I the only thing I'll I don't want to say accused, but I'll put on Niskanen. Was he probably could have eased up on Crosby, and he had his shot. He took advantage of it. I mean, he's someone that has a bad history with Crosby. Even when he was on Pittsburgh, he's 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 a classic Darius Kasparitis, kind of like one of those guys where <laughs> you love him if he's on your team, you hate him if he's not. He had his shot on Crosby, and he took it. And that's it is what it is. He didn't mean to concuss him. 
but he had his shot. He took it, and that, that's that's my thoughts. But I want to ask you this, though, you, and, and, and thank you again, Dane, for calling you. We can get you out of here with this. Like, do you – does any of the Game 7, you know, history with Washington and Pittsburgh, does it creep into your head? Because I even thought about it last night. I mean, Game 7 in 2009 in Washington, I think it was 7-2 to two or something like that, 7-3 to three, Pittsburgh. Does any of that stuff – do you think that stuff creeps into Washington's mind, the fans' minds, or are you guys just so pumped up that the team's won two in a row, you're all in on the 2017 team, and you're not thinking at all about the past? So I'm going to go back a little bit, and then I'll answer that. Um, the Niskanen hit, I actually agree with you. I don't think it had any – he wasn't attempting to cross-check him. If you watch that, he's lowering his shoulder to absolutely lower the boom on Crosby legally. Legally, he was looking to. He had the puck. Right. You can see the way he turns right. at him at the net. He is looking to pummel him in a legal way. Crosby goes down in a little bit of a backward flail, which is very Crosby, and it, it's the absolute worst possible impact. Niskanen was just trying to protect himself at that point. So it's a little column A, a little column B. I'll agree with you on that. Um, regarding Game 7, I was at the Game 7 that you're talking about. It was 6-2. to two. It was awful. And, uh, and, yes, I think most Caps fans are very, very nervous to get too excited but I also think it's a little bit different. And you can say that every year, year in, year out, about the Caps. But I, I really do see them coming back from 3-1 um, in a series that they, they really have dominated minus goaltending. I mean, Holtby's glove has been – I mean, it's been softer than two-ply. It's been terrible. He can't – if you – I don't have a graphic, um, and I don't know the exact stats, but I mean, more, it, it – I, I believe it's more than half the goals that Pittsburgh scored have gone high gloves. So it, mm-hmm. there is a little bit of worry there for sure with most Caps fans, but it is this team and this series has been just dominated by the capital. So I, I'm, you know, personally, I'm very excited. I thought the series was over for sure. And the fact that there's a game seven, I'm just pumped that they're in it. So thank you guys very much for having me on. Um, and hopefully we'll get to reconnect after the series. Well, thanks, man. It was good talking to you. And you know what? Like I said, you know, off the air, uh, if it's not Pittsburgh, then I'm a down. I'm down with Nashville or Washington win it. You know, Ovechkin's too good to finish his career without a cup. So be good to see him win that, so that he gets the, his due respect. So thanks yeah, again, that's, Dane. That's and, how uh, I felt about um, Lundqvist, also, but he just got knocked out. So fair enough. You all have a great night. Thanks again. Thank you. And you know what, Brian? That wasn't as bad as I thought, man. And and he agreed with me on the Niskanen hit. And that took me a while to get to it because I think my dad immediately, dirty, dirty, dirty. It was, I mean, he had a shot and he took it, but it wasn't premeditated. And uh, uh, I don't know, Brian, if you have anything to chime in on. But, you know, I guess that's, that's kind of my final thoughts on this. You know, it, you've got Marc-Andre Fleury, who, you know, there's no way the Penguins are probably going to have him for next year. That this, this might be it for him. I mean, it really is the end of an era. I mean, he is one of the most beloved Penguins ever and honestly he's probably one of the more I mean this is probably maybe going on a limb he's one of the more beloved you know Pittsburgh players athletes ever especially in the last quarter century for sure uh his humanitarian work just how he carries himself uh you know he handled his demotion with class last year when you know a 21 year old took his spot and they won the cup um and he wasn't hands and feet better than Flurry. uh you know this is kind of the end of an era man and I think tomorrow, you know, it's going to be a uh, – yeah, I mean, the Penguins are, are the weaker team here. And, uh, you know, but it's still a team that won a cup. They're, whenever you have Mulgan and Crosby on the ice, you've got a shot to win. And I think they're going to play hard for Flurry. I think they're going to give him – it just depends on how, how hard the body can go. You know, can, they, can, can their bodies match the intensity of Washington? And Washington, you know, I know I'm saying, you know, I'm kind of painting a – kind of a, a sad picture of the Penguins. Like, you know, Washington's certainly beat up too. I'm not, I don't think that they're just, you know, just fresh chickens legs or what whatnot, but like, they, you know, they're tough too. They're not spring chickens, whatever. But uh, I, I think it just comes down to if the body can go and if it can't, it's going to be tough. But uh, Brian, I got to tell you, man, uh, guess who made the game winning play in the San Antonio game? I, I didn't. Let me. Let's, I want to stick to hockey for for another second. Um, but the, the one thing this that I think is is I think sucks for the sport in terms of it. it, it it's you know it trying to grow is it is really to me so screwed up that tomorrow night Wednesday night 
their two game sevens, which is amazing, right? That's yeah. the best thing. Two best words in sports, game seven. There's two game sevens, and they're both they're on NBC Sports Network. And I understand that, like, you know, that's a lot of games are on there, and it's not like most people, I guess, do have NBC Sports Network. But if you're trying to grow the game, I mean, what's better than a game seven? Wouldn't it be great if it was on ESPN and ESPN2? And, again, and, and obviously that's not the case anymore, but I think it's, it's a shame. The contract is such that you have these, you know, great games to, you know, to, to potentially, you know, the, the winner of the Stanley Cup, good chance, is going to play tomorrow night. Um, and awesome, awesome series, tremendous, tremendous series, Edmonton and Anaheim, um, the other one. And, uh, and congrats to Ottawa for beating the Rangers. Love that. Uh, I love seeing any New York team lose, don't care who they are. Um, so that's awesome. Good for them. Uh, but man, I mean, I think that's a shame. I think that's a, it's a shame for the sake of the sport growing that two game sevens are going to be an NBC sports network and they're going to lose the ability to get the kind of ratings that they could get if it was on, you know, an ESPN or whatever, maybe. I will say this, you know, it's kind of become one of those sports where it's almost like baseball where you can, I mean, the NBA is still trying to, get, you know, it's still trying to, to get bigger. It is, and it, and it has. I mean, the NBA has gotten, you know, it's become kind of an international thing, especially because of the launch of Jordan and the Dream Team and everything. But, you know, last quarter century, you know, the NBA continues to grow. The NFL does. I kind of feel like baseball and definitely hockey, because I know baseball's changed things too. I mean, that walk thing, I still haven't gotten over it, where they just let they just make a hand motion and the dude just walks to first. I love that. And I think the NBA's done a good job adjusting things, and, or the, the MLB and I don't think that's – I think that's a good rule. You know, I don't know how you feel about that, Brian. I know you, you might be more of a traditionalist baseball fan, but I'm good with that. But, honestly, I think hockey is just kind of like, you know what, like, we've got our fans, you know, you know those fans will pass it on to, to their generation of kids, and we're good with it. And we've got enough money that we're sustainable. You know, we don't have the influence of ESPN telling us how to, how to run our product and when to air things and when to – how to market our athletes. Like, we're good. We've got it. Um, it is a shame that, because I think, you know, the sport could be more popular, but I don't think the NHL is really worried about that anymore. And when you look at Nashville right now, and they're calling it hashtag Smashville, you know, that city's going crazy right now for the Predators. So I think it still shows you, and Nashville is SEC country, you know, volunteers. They even have an NFL team, which takes president. The fact that they are just taking they, – they've embraced this playoff run so much. Um, that's why I'm kind of pulling for Nashville, like I said, just because it is crazy, crazy how much they are uh, supporting that team. So, you know, it, 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 it on the surface it's disappointing, but honestly, at the end of the day, I think the people that love hockey, they're going to be on top of it regardless. Yeah, I, and I think what you're saying, I guess that makes sense. I, I don't know. I mean, it, it's there is probably something to be said about not being in bed with ESPN with the, the influence they have. Um, and the, the, I'll say this: the broadcasting is amazing on NBC. I mean, Doc Emmerich. Oh yeah, I've said this he's before. I mean, he, he might be the best. He might be the best in all sports. He's unbelievable. He does a great job. Um, but yeah, they're awesome. But all right, so you can you can say it now. You you can you can talk up now um, about the final block, which you texted me. So uh, I know now it was, it was my boy Manu Ginobili. Congratulations, San Antonio fans. You're welcome for me giving Manu Ginobili some hops that he's never had and shouldn't have. Um, but again, I, I I don't know. I mean, it, it's we'll see. It, obviously, if Kawhi Leonard can't be Kawhi Leonard, then they're screwed. <laughs> they are very very screwed. Let me ask you something. Do you? In the two seed, I mean, it's going to be Cleveland, uh, Golden State. Everybody believes that. Do you think that which series do you think would be the more believable? Okay, well, this team's going to lose, Cleveland or Golden State. I, I think it's Golden State because, and in my opinion, my opinion is this with Golden State. We've talked about them. You know, this is the one thing about them that I'm still not sure about, which with San Antonio, where I think they could beat Golden State, because you're watching the San Antonio game tonight. It's still all the same passing. It's Greg Popovich, you know, kind of pulling the, the puppet strings of his players. And you're seeing Patty Mills making all the right moves. You're seeing Ginobili. Who, Brian, I agree with you, man. Like, he's not what he used to be. But he still makes plays like that, Hall of Fame plays like that. You know, and, if, and, and yeah, you're right. If Leonard's not healthy, they have, you know, they might not even get out of this series. But if, 
he's going to be good to go. And if Patty Mills and everybody's healthy, then, you know, you know what they are. San Antonio ain't changing anything. I think the, still the unknown with, with Golden State is who's going to take the last shot. It's kind of like going back with the Heat with, when you had LeBron and all them. You know, like no one ever knew who's going to take the last shot. You never had that with, with the Cavs' big three because it's LeBron. Everybody knows that. And I think people would live with Kyrie, you know, too. And, I don't, and LeBron certainly doesn't care about having the last shot. It was never really a thing here in Cleveland. But with Golden State, yeah, man, see, you know. I, I, I hate to interrupt, but I, but I do have to say, Brian, that I just I want it to be Kyrie 99 times out of 100. So I, I don't agree with that at all. I, I really don't. Well, I, I mean, think, early uh, in their time together, I feel like LeBron was I the mean, guy that, that took the last I, shot, and it's kind of matured over time. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I can't. I, that's fair. I apologize. You can go ahead with your point. Sorry. No, no, no. You're right. Well, I didn't, I didn't do a good job explaining it. But, yeah, I, I, feel like, I feel like it's never been a thing with the Cavs in this, this era, like who gets the last shot. And I think the problem with LeBron when he went there – in Miami, he didn't have any rings yet. So people were like, well, he, he needs to prove he's a man and take the shot. But I agree with you, you know, and I needed to edit myself a little bit there. Yeah, I think now it is Kyrie. But if it's LeBron, nobody's going to be upset either. It kind of goes both ways. But, yeah, Kyrie, I think everybody's good with him taking the last shot. Especially he's kind of got that Kobe blood in him that, you know, he, he's, he is normally going to make that shot. Everybody remembers game seven of the finals. You had LeBron's block, and then you had Kyrie's shot. Um, and Golden State, man, I just – I still wonder what Durant can do in the finals. Because until you win one, there's that question mark there. Can, do you know what it takes? And they don't have the inside presence that they had last year. I mean, I know Draymond Green's still good, but they don't have the other big man that ended up coming to Cleveland and getting hurt. So, like, you know, they don't have the inside game they used to. They don't have the bench they used to. Uh, Livingston's still good. Equidala is still good, but they're all a year older. They're all in their 30s. You know, I mean, Equidala's like got to be at least 34 now, 33, 34. So, you know, to me, they they don't have the bench they used to have. And, you know, Steph Curry to me is going to be the secret of, of this finals, you know, when it's Cleveland, Golden State, because he hasn't had, to his standard, a good finals the last couple of years against them. He's had good games. Game five and 15, when he, he lit up Delvadova. Um, you know, game, uh, was it four in Cleveland last year? He had a, he had the Splash Brothers, whatever. They had a big night. But he hasn't been as good as, as he should be, as good as he has been in the regular season and leading up to the finals. To me, that's the secret. That's that's the thing. You know, is Steph Curry going to be Steph Curry? It's it, Brian, it blows my mind how much no one talks about him anymore. And how I don't really mind, I don't really dislike him anymore. That'll change the minute the finals start. But I didn't like him this time of year because I thought he was he was overhyped, uh, you know. And now it's like people don't want to talk about him anymore. And to me, who's the alpha male on that team? Who rallies the troops when things get hard? Is it Draymond Green? If it's, if Draymond Green's your leader, I like my chances. And I don't know, Brian. I mean, I I I see Cleveland winning the series when it actually happens. Again, things can change. I mean, but barring that, there's no injuries, and I think Cle- and I think that that. Uh, Golden State's going to have the tougher draw. I think they're going to have a tougher draw in the Western Conference Finals. I think it's going to be Golden, uh, San Antonio, and I think they're going to make them work. But to me, the, the story of this Finals is going to be, is Steph Curry going to be the Steph Curry that, that we haven't seen in the last two Finals? If he plays at an MVP caliber level, it's going to be very hard for Cleveland to beat them. But if, if he does what he's done the last two Finals, I, I think Cleveland will beat them. I, I hope so. I hope so. Uh, sorry, I was actually slightly distracted because I saw some wings from Greenhouse Tavern in Cleveland, uh, located conveniently on East 4th Street in the heart of downtown. Now, they're not a sponsor of the show. I just love them. It's probably one of the things I miss the most outside of the Winking Lizard um, in Cleveland, which has locations all across Cleveland, Canton, Akron, Columbus. Uh, great place to go. Tremendous people. The Callum brothers who own it. They're the best. Anyway, as I throw some, some food plugs out there, because um, I'm getting close to going home, and I'm so excited to eat in Cleveland and just to see. I just can't wait to go home. Sorry. Anyway, uh, yeah, that'll be exciting. Our next podcast we do may, be, may very well be, we'll both be uh, tired. It'll be maybe if we'll do something, or maybe we'll even have one podcast, since we're both going to be on Eastern time for a few days. Maybe we'll have a podcast um, together and – Maybe we'll even do one where we're actually together since I'll be in Columbus briefly. Maybe we'll have time to do something, but uh, lots of possibilities. Um, I guess playoff-wise, 
you know, got a few more minutes here uh, on the show. Playoff-wise, either, you know, hockey, basketball, anything else that you that you want to add about any of these series, I, I will say that, um, you know, the fact that the Spurs were able to get it done in overtime without Kawhi Leonard certainly tells you, again, I mean, they're a veteran team. They got popped. They're tremendous. Good for them. I mean, they, they're they awesome. Um, they, 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 they will find a way to get it done. And, and, yeah, you'd have to agree at this point, considering that, again, potential game seven will be in San Antonio. You've got to feel like San Antonio, if Kawhi Leonard, that's a big if, is healthy is going to get it done, whether they do it in game six or game seven. Um, and you got to give – I mean, maybe we should go there. Just how much credit you got to give Pop and that team when they look like they were buried, right? I and mean, they look like they were done. They look like they had no chance. They got absolutely annihilated after game one. Then Tony Parker goes down. And you're thinking, all right, wow, this is an issue. But, hey, they've managed after dropping game one, you know, to, to win, you know, only, only lost one game in that span. Um, and, it, and it was at in Houston. So, I don't know. I mean, the, the Spurs are, are something special. They are it, – it's unbelievable, Brian, how year in and year out they're able to do it, and they do it the same way, the same system. They find guys to get in there. Um, I, I, I love it. You know, it, 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 if I had no dog in the fight, that would be the team I'd be rooting for. Uh, maybe some people don't because they are considered boring, which I think is ridiculous. Maybe some people say that because they don't have the – the flashy superstar, but the way they play the game is beautiful. I mean, it really is. It's, it's incredible. Would you be upset if it wasn't, if it wasn't Golden State, like if it was San Antonio, would you be a little like, ah, or not really? You just want to see Cleveland win it. You know, what do you I just need? Want, uh, Cleveland Golden State round three? Here's the thing. Last year, I was really upset when we played Golden State because I just I always felt like, oh, man, this is bad. <laughs> you know, I don't know how we're going to beat them, and, and I was really nervous. And then, obviously, the ending was perfect. There's nothing better than the way it ended. You could not have scripted any better. You know, I really I, – look, I want to win a championship. That's all that really matters. You know what? If an injury occurs and we've got to win for that reason – Whatever. Again, I hear, you know, people continue to bitch about Draymond getting suspended for game five, which, you know what, when, when you're a complete asshole like he is, eventually it's going to get what's coming to you. Yeah, it's not fair to, to say that the Warriors should have won last year if you're not going to admit that the Cavs should have won the first year. So I'm fine with exactly. that. It's 1-1. I think it's probably where it should be. Um, look, would it be more fun and more special to beat the Warriors? Yeah, of course. Absolutely, but it would be great regardless, and, and, and certainly uh, the Spurs are tremendous, and it would for LeBron's legacy, I think it would be, it would be big. It would be big for him to uh, to come out and, and get back to you know to two and two. Really, it would be two and one if you're honest, because again, you know, the first one doesn't really count when the Cavs, you know, were lucky. It was amazing the Cavs even made the finals, and that was that was their their NBA version of the NBA Finals for Cavs fans. The greatest thing that ever happened was beating Detroit prior to the championship there's no doubt about it um so yeah to answer your question i mean i, I would be i'd rather be golden state all things being equal but i i'll just be happy with a win i want i want to that this feeling of you know knowing we're the champions and, and wearing stuff and you know and, and that just that jersey and it's it's um, it's been this has been such an amazing year and of course you don't want that to end and that's the priority number one um Obviously, it'd be great to be Golden State. Uh, it would be unbelievable, um, but I don't care who the hell it is. Just, just give me a second ring, and uh, and I'm good to go. I, I feel you, man. And you know, I feel like at the end of the day, it doesn't matter if you win championships. I, I think it would add to the height of the legacy of LeBron if you could beat Golden State twice. But I think, I think the funny thing would be. I wonder how history will judge them because I remember, like, again, you hate the Levitard show, but they were making fun of the 08 Celtics. They were having like a reunion thing on TNT the other night. It's like, why are we celebrating a team that won one championship? Like, who cares? And he kind of made a good point. It's kind of like, normally, I mean, except for the 85 Bears and the 72 Dolphins, who, but they won back to back. It's like, what single team, season team, is really ever celebrated? Like, unless, it, you know, I guess Gold State would have been last year winning 73 and then back to back, but it's like, if Cleveland beats them again or they don't win it again this year, that window is kind of closing on them. Steph Curry's turning 30 next year. Again, equal dollars, not getting younger. Livingston's not getting any younger. And, um, you know, maybe this team only gets one title. And then you look back and it's like, well, maybe they weren't this 
you know, will remember how great they could have been and how great they were for a short time. But history will remember them, I think, Brian, a lot like the 2000s Pistons. Again, I, I get it that they won. You know, this team already has the 73 wins and all that stuff. They changed the game with their shooting, and, and they did. I mean, you look at this Cavs team. I mean, they said we're going to beat Golden State at their game. You know, we're and we have LeBron James, who can also shoot threes now. And talking about, you know, I guess we can end this kind of previewing a little bit of our, our LeBron Jordan, you know, preview. Um, that, to me, if there's any argument, I can make that LeBron is the best. And this, 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 in my opinion, brings LeBron into the conversation, is what he's done the third act of his career in Cleveland. That puts him on another stratosphere. He's shooting 48 or 49%, 49% from three in this postseason. Give me a break. That's, that's, that's unheard of. It's unheard of for him. He used to not be a good shooter. Like, I remember even, like, in the, in the 16 finals against Golden State, game four, his shot wasn't falling, so he just kept driving to the rack against three players, like, running into a wall because it's like he couldn't shoot, and everybody knew it. I remember seeing Antonio in the, in the 13 and 14 finals giving him open shots because, like, we'd rather you shoot than anything. Now if you give Le- LeBron, nobody will give LeBron an open shot anymore. What he's doing right now is unheard of. And um, it's the greatest playoff run. And, and, I, and I'm going to end it with, with this, Brian. You take it for where you want to go. And if you want to wrap us up, that's fine, too. Because this, this, this show flew by. It was a really fun show. Um, I don't know if you agree, Brian, but I enjoyed this show. But I think LeBron figured Golden State out. I really do. The way he's smiling, how happy he is. I've never seen LeBron play so loose in the, fi- in the playoffs. I've never seen him just, just relishing everything, man. Like, he's a made man. I mean, Cleveland, like you said, man, they love what's happening. Uh, this is the best Cleveland team. This might be one of the greatest Cleveland teams ever in any sport. Like, this is a fun team to watch. They should be good at least the next couple of years, too. I mean, LeBron's not showing any signs of slowing down. And he's, I mean, yes, he's a order for a basketball player, but he's 32. You know, he could have a few more years. And you would think at some point Kyrie will take over most of the, the duties and he'll be kind of like a, you know, maybe a Tim Duncan role at some point. Um, you know, whatever, but uh, I think he's figured out this Golden State team. I think he knows how to beat them now, and I think he just – he just his whole goal is let's get him healthy. If, or we need to be healthy. And the other thing, too, I mean, do you see – do you really see Mike Brown beating LeBron James in NBA Finals? I, I can't see it, and that's no knock on him. I guess it kind of is. I, I just don't see it happening. <laughs> that's my thoughts, man. I, I, think, I think LeBron's cracked crack the code i think he knows if, if they get there that they could beat him and that yeah it's enti- that it's entirely possible you're right i mean look it's because and we've talked about this before and even it's possible you even reference your boy who i hate the, the radio announcer from miami uh he might oh, God. Said that basically it's bonus <laughs> at this point to an extent it's bonus maybe that is i don't agree because I, I think you know, again lebron's chasing michael and that that's the goal so um but yeah i mean look no matter what happens from here on out, LeBron gave us what he said he was going to give us and what we needed, and that's the championship. So, yeah, I mean, there's, there's, the weight of the world was on LeBron last year. I mean, it didn't matter he won two in Miami. It was irrelevant. If anything, in the fact he won two in Miami made it worse. I mean, it, there was no way LeBron could, could like, you know, be in a conversation with Michael or, or, or even really have a, a legacy a true, I don't know. I don't. I don't want to say true legacy. You'd have a true legacy, regardless. But, um, but it would be very different. The way people reviewed LeBron James forever is going to be very different, um, just because that one win. And, and you still have assholes like Skip Bayless that that want to rip on him all the time. And that that's fine. That's what the guy does. He's an idiot. Um, by the way, his, his our podcast. You know, I think our podcast might get as many listeners as that show gets. And I don't want to rip on our podcast by saying that. Um, but I mean, I, you know, uh, there's, uh, I, I saw some statistic that there's, there's some, uh, some cartoon Nickelodeon show or whatever it is that, that gets much better ratings than undisputed with Shannon Sharp and Skip Bayless. So good for him. Anyway, it's always nice to take a shot at, at Skip, but, um, yeah, just to follow it up. Yeah. It, 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 or just to finish things up, it's exciting. It's a great time. I'm enjoying the week off. Uh, I'm glad for Kyrie's knee that he gets a break and for all the Cavs. I mean, they get this break here. I'm excited to see if the Cavs can make it 12 in a row uh, or make it 10 in a row like they did last year or whatever it is, uh, you know, fully expecting the Cavs to, to win the next series in, in, in four or five, uh, 
six would be fine. Be a little disappointed with seven, but really, what does it matter as long as you're ready to go in the next round? Uh, obviously, you'd prefer the rest. You'd hope it'd be five or six. Um, but I, you know, feeling great, excited for the stuff going on uh, moving forward. Um, the Chicago Cubs, by the way, are about to be seventeen and sixteen. They're going to split a doubleheader with the Rockies. That's awesome. Uh, they were obviously a lot better last year, and it's wonderful to see the Cubs struggling. Um, as I'm just sort of in a tirade of things I hate. Um, the chicken wings are not good in, in Colorado. It's a big problem. But anyway, I'm just, you know, just throwing out things. But, uh, yeah, I mean, uh, uh, that's pretty much all I think the Yankees use steroids I can't to throw out random stuff. What? I think the Yankees are using steroids. We're just going to go reckless accusations here on our podcast. They hit two home well, runs back, I, I back yesterday I against the Reds into the third deck. And they, I remember the steroid era. They, there's something going on there, I, I bet you. And I don't no, think baseball wants to but... test them. All right, we'll see. We'll see one in five years I, from now. No, I, it's like the, the, Yankees are just, the Yankees are just really good. Uh, they're going to be really good. They're not going to sustain what they're doing now, but the, but they built the right way. And when you build the right way, no matter who the hell you are, things are going to be successful. But anyway, sir, uh, I think that that's that's it for tonight. Like I said, I'm really jacked uh, I can't say we won't do one before, but we'll do one before the next series. We'll do one this week while I'm still in Colorado, but cannot wait to uh, get a chance to go home. Uh, not Nothing against Colorado. I do love Colorado, but it's been great to go home and uh, and get a chance to see family and friends and, and, and eat because Cleveland is amazing food. And uh, and that that's pretty much that. So uh, for uh, Brian and Brian, this edition of the Diardro Show is over. <laughs>